Every once in a while, life throws a curveball, something unexpected that throws off the vision you may have had for your life. You had everything planned out and you thought you knew where you were headed, then boom, life takes a hard left. Sometimes that painful left turn takes you on the journey of a lifetime, back to yourself, or an even better version of yourself, if you can believe it. This is Thirsty the Podcast, the gift of divorce. Hey everyone, welcome to part two of our conversation with Kat Two. She's the host of the podcast, Know Them, Be Them, Raise Them, helping moms be and raise strong women. In part one, Kat threw us both kind of for a loop when she called divorce a gift. Let's take a listen. I think that's one of the, the gifts of divorce in a way is it really, whether you want to or not, puts you in a place where you're forced to reconsider everything. And um, a lot of people don't have that sense of intentionality or don't, you know, maybe they don't, it's just divorce forces you to do that. And, and people may not choose to do that if life doesn't make them. That clip sent us down a rabbit hole thinking about all the ways divorce has pushed the three of us in unexpected ways and how motherhood figured into that gift. Uh, now, Kat, you said that you're, um, you had told us uh, before, and I think this is a great thing for us to talk about, you had talked about that your daughters actually played a key role in your decision to get divorced. Can you talk about that a little bit? Absolutely. Um, so the the story of my divorce is kind of long and messy and not terrifically exciting. You know, there was no, there was a straw that broke the camel's back. But um, ever since my kids were born, um, we we struggled First, on kind of a low-grade level, but um, when my second daughter was born, it, it kind of became amplified. Ultimately, I think that you know, he really identified or, and, and found his, I think, identity in being someone who goes out a lot and has a lot of independence and I think fits a certain role that did not gel well with parenting and all the responsibilities that come with that. And I, I've... I'm seven, eight years out. So it's, it's you know, I, this is a lot of reflection time and healing time so I can talk about it and talk and understand kind of maybe he was doing the best he could with what he had. But what that meant was while I was, I was effectively single parenting for a long time when he was working in the industry, going out to bars and doing events and staying out till 3 a.m. while I was, you know, with two kids and doing all the nighttime feedings and et cetera, et cetera. Um, there was also some infidelity that I discovered along the way and a few years of therapy. And it was the third time that I discovered um, he had cheated on me that I realized, like, I I, I think I want to leave, but I don't know. Um, you know, it would blow everything up. As you guys know, that's something that goes through your head. Um, I have a family that does not believe in divorce. My, we're, we, I was raised Catholic. And all the stories of divorce that I was student when I was growing up were very acrimonious and super you know, fraught with fighting and using the kids as pawns. So I, I didn't want that for my kids. And that's the only type of divorce that I had witnessed, at least growing up. Um, none of my friends were divorced. Uh, so at the time, it really felt like, at least close friends, I should say, but I, it felt like something I was going to be lonely in doing. Um. Tangent. That's partly why this podcast is so great, I think, because I could have certainly used it when I was going through my divorce, just this sense that you're not alone, that all the thoughts you're having that seem irrational and, you know, you'd like to think you're doing brave and bold things, but it's scared 
scary as shit. Like that's, it's great that you're doing this work. Um, but you know, just lost myself so much along the way of trying to figure out, you know, I, I, on the surface, I did not look like the person I was inside. I was, I did not look like someone that would put up with several years of infidelity, um, or that would put up with that kind of the inequitable distribution of domestic work where I was doing so much of it. At the time, I was also the primary breadwinner. So there were so, like on every level, I felt like uh-huh. I am exceeding and I am going, you know, hitting my marks, um, except in, in my relationship. <laughs> but I still felt pulled to stay. Um, or at least I questioned, like, why, sh- why, why do I, why can't I leave? And should I stay? Should I go? This went on for um, uh, several weeks after I found out about uh, the third instance of infidelity. And in in that case, he wasn't apologetic. Um, he wasn't, I'm sorry for what I did. I'll end it right away, which was how the previous ones had been. This one was, I'm sorry for how you feel. And I think on some level, I just want to erase the f- past 10 years of my life. <laughs> So it was a a huge bombshell and a different, definitely a different type of issue. You know, I, yeah. there are women out there. So any woman that's dealt with infidelity and has decided to stay, I respect it's your decision. In yeah. this case, it felt different that third time around because there was no intention for him to commit. I, or at least I didn't feel it in those weeks after I, I had discovered it. But the question, I, so I kept asking, do I want to stay? Should I stay? Reflecting, asking the universe for signs. And um, this question popped in my head about what would you want your daughters to do? If Lainey and Karina were in your position, would you want them to stay? What would you be telling them? And it was clear as day for me that I did. I absolutely would have told them you know, kick his ass to the curb, move on. You're yeah. better than this. You deserve better than this. You look how much you do. Look, you can be fine on your own. You will thrive on your own. Um, just go, just, just leave. Yeah. And it, and, and that's what it took. It took me seeing things from the perspective of what would I want? What would my daughters want? What would I want for my daughters in order for me to make the decision for myself? I just couldn't see it for myself until I kind of asked the question with them in my position. Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of, that's really informed a lot about, um, I think, how I live now and and also the podcast, but the idea of trying to be the person that you want your daughters to look up to and and be someday, like be the person yeah. that you want your daughters to be someday. And well, that's... Yeah. Well, and I was just going to say, and it sounds like to me too, um, like taking care of yourself, mothering yourself, that you, you also matter, you Mm, know, mm. like things you would say to your daughter, but then also, you know, moms are so bad at this, Mm. you know, of like taking care of ourselves the way we take, you know, like all of us will go to the mat for any of our kids. We don't do that for ourselves, which mm. funnily benefits our kids. That yes. benefits our kids for us to mother ourselves and take care of ourselves. 
You're also making me think too, Kat, because, you know, since Kat and I work together, I know firsthand Kat is a boss, like high, high achieving, so good at her job, professional at every moment. Laura and I know each other. Laura, you're the same. I would say my career has been also, like, mm-hmm. I think you would look at all three of us and be like, oh, wow, she's got it all figured out. You know, mm-hmm. she's got a family, a great career, great job. And it's, it's interesting to me how that's not always the case. Like things like look so Mm. like in certain areas, things look like they're going so great, but there are some things that are fundamentally broken Mm. Um, and struggling to, I mean, making that decision to leave is hard. And for some reason, um, you know, areas where I would just attack it and take care of it when it came to my career or my job or taking care of my kids, taking care of myself, not so much. Mm. Mm -hmm. Definitely. I could, that, I, I definitely hear that. Uh, okay, so in that front, Cat, uh, what's one lesson you've learned through your divorce journey that you want moms of daughters to know? You know, one thing that I have learned over time that I didn't appreciate at the moment was this idea that while divorce kind of blows up your life and makes you question everything, it does mean that you can reinvent yourself and you can if there are things about yourself that you didn't like or, th- or things about your life that maybe didn't work for you, it's a time when when you're it's okay for you to pursue that. And I took advantage of it a little bit, but I almost feel like, why didn't I take more advantage of that? Like I, I remember thinking to myself while I was going through the divorce that no one would question if I switched careers, if I moved cities, if I um, decided that I wanted to change my hair color, that I wanted to... Um, pick up an instrument or start, you know, performing in musicals. There's just so many. Th- Divorce is so, I think, revel. I don't know what the right word is, but it it just um, it it throws everything up in the air, and so you get to choose where it lands and how it looks like when you build it up again. And I, and I, like I said, I took advantage of it to some extent, but I also sometimes wonder, like, I should have went and dyed my hair because I've never had dyed hair. And I'm in a place now where I've, I'm kind of too lazy to deal with upkeep. <laughs> so so I have long hair that just grows and I have it trimmed every six months. But I wouldn't have minded having the like electric blue bob cut. And at that point oh, in my life, I could adjust. <laughs> Thanks, you know. <laughs> um, but it's a point in your life when it's – it's it's a form of self-care, kind of exploring and finding out what you want. And I think the judgment around that is far less because of the fact that you're going through a divorce. Like, Not that we have to worry about what other people think, but I, I know I was in a place where I thought about that. And if that is something that um, you're grappling with is, you know, maybe this is a time when I do want to try this or start this or do this for myself. But you're wondering, well, what are one of my friends going to think? I've never sang before or what am I what are my parents gonna think if I dye my hair or whatever it is I mean just go for it because I don't think you'll regret it and just use your divorce as an excuse (laughs) get away with it exactly (laughs) oh she's in the middle of a divorce she's just she's going through some things (laughs) Laura I feel like you have stuff to say about this too because you definitely had a reinvention Yeah, I've definitely, because I tended to have been a type of person who was so quick to say no to things. And that was probably something that my ex-husband did not like about me because I wouldn't try new things or it's just, it's just, 
how I was wired. And so the past, I would say year, year and a half, I've kind of been going through this like, why not approach? Like, well, why not do that? Mm. I don't know. But like, and I've never really been a trier. And now I'm like, well, why not? Like, again, like I wanted to dye my hair pink Mm. for a long time. So I finally did it. And I love it. I got a little tattoo that I was wanting for forever because someone told me, you know what, that's small. And if you don't like it, you can remove it really easily. And I'm like, done. I'm going to get the tattoo. (laughs) Like, Love um, it. Love it. Heather and I are running the Shamrock Shuffle next week. And I'm not a runner. And I hate, but when she asked me to do it, I'm like, you know what? I've never run a race. Why not? Like, why not try that? I'm not (laughs) looking forward to it. But you know what? Yes. We'll do it. We'll get through it. I'm going to walk a lot of it and then we'll be done. And I'll say that I did it. Like, yes, um, but I've yes. never been, I've never been that person because I'm always so like careful about what I choose to do and I'm not going to be uncomfortable or hate it or whatever. And now I'm like, you know what? Why not? And then if I don't like it, whatever. And I think I'm just becoming so much more of like a happier person and mm. getting a lot of the life experiences that I think I'd been stopping myself from. Um, and again, that balance of divorce life and co-parenting, I mm. have time to do some of those things where I really yes. couldn't before. I couldn't – I didn't have a schedule that allowed for anything outside of working and being home with kids. Right. And yep. I also had a lot of the time home on my own while my ex-husband was working because we had differing schedules. So I was either at my job or home uh, solo parenting three kids. So now I've got this time where I'm like, what do I like? What do I want to do? And being able to do that. I mean, when I was married, I didn't have time to get a haircut. Did not have time. There was no time Mm. schedule. And now I'm like, once a month, I'm getting my hair colored. And I love it. It makes me happy. So That's fantastic. Yeah, I mean, I laughed a little bit, Kat, when you said, I don't know if I want to keep do the upkeep with, you know, a blue, an electric blue bob. And I'm laughing because Laura's in my joke is that she's always on her always. way to a hair appointment. <laughs> always. <laughs> like, I'll be like, oh, do you want to, you know, go do this? Or and she's like, well, I've got a hair appointment. <laughs> yes, that's my Or life. her boyfriend, like, they'll be playing these. She's like, well, I've got a hair appointment. <laughs> yeah, he can't even handle how my, often I get my hair done. I'm like, well, you shave your head, so it's different. Like, you don't understand my life. Like, got gray hair, <laughs> yeah. I need to look younger, and I want it pink, so. <laughs> That's hilarious. Well, it looks great, yes. <laughs> and you're inspiring me. Maybe I'll get something done, too. Do it. Oh, I think you'd look so good. Do like a I blue, think you do it. chunky streak would be really fun, and that would be you easy. You know what? You are the maybe third person to say that since I've kind of thrown these dying hair references. So I think it's a sign from the universe. Maybe. Yes. Maybe you should right. do it. All right. Do it. I'll keep you posted. Oh, that would be so fun. <laughs> um, now for y'all, we've talked a little bit, you know, it is so weird when you're getting a divorce. Most of the time you haven't dated in a long time. For me, I had never dated. I was that person that like, I just meet someone, fall in love, and we date for like three years or get married. <laughs> you know, like that was my life. I had never really dated before. Like I've learned to date for the oh, first time okay. the last two years. But for y'all, um, you know, like how did you approach – when did you start dating again at post-marriage? Like how did you approach it? What did your daughters um, think about that? I'd yeah. love to t- hear a little bit about that. Laura, did you want to start or you, you want me to start? Yeah, I, I'm curious to hear you because Heather and I were both uh, let to jump in head first right after we're, you know, out of our marriage. Like, uh-huh. I know some people take uh-huh. their time and then there are people like us who just like bulldoze into it. So I'm nope. curious. Let's go yep. be a disaster. <laughs> Let's go be a disaster right. immediately. Well, <laughs> that was Laura's and my approach. <laughs> well, I, I'm – I am actually, sadly, not going to introduce a new uh, framework into this because I jumped. You were a disaster too. 
Oh, three cheers for disasters. I just, you know, I got on the apps right away because I thought, well, the way I told myself that it made sense was you need to feel liked again or know that you're likable. And I, especially after being in a, this relationship where there was infidelity, I was like, you know, we didn't, we hadn't had sex for like a year. So it, there was something in me that was like, ha, I'm going to show you how cute I am. And look at all these people that want to talk to me. <laughs> it just kind of bolstered my ego on some base level. And uh, yeah, it, it, um, it, I did not wait. I just kind of dive right in and dated all the wrongs and had a lot of great stories for maybe six months like that. I don't know how long you guys put up with the that kind of fr- frenzied because it felt like a yeah. sm- small part time job managing yes, everything. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's a lot yeah. of energy. Yeah. So I, I couldn't do it you know, indefinitely. I had to take a break and then eventually kind of met someone organically. And we, that's the man that I'm now married to. But yeah, those six months were crazy and fun <laughs> and messy. <laughs> but I think I, I went a solid year. <laughs> you have more stamina than I do. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> or masochist of some sort. <laughs> now, when I was dating, like you guys know, we, because of co-parenting, I didn't really – I tried to date on the nights I didn't have them. Obviously, you don't need a sitter. Plus, I could kind of keep it under wraps. Did mm-hmm. you talk about it with your daughters or kids? My, you know, I haven't figured this part out. I'm really excited to talk about this because I would love some advice <laughs> from y'all. I'm the baby divorcee of the three of us, I feel like, even though I'm not brand spanking new anymore. Y'all are definitely further down the path. Um, I don't really, t- I don't talk about it with my kids. Like, um, you know, what's funny, Lauren, I mentioned this um, recently in a conversation we had, my son actually asked me if I was going on a date a couple weeks ago Mm because like he knew he was going to be with his dad and he said, mom, are you going to go on a date this weekend? Are you going to kiss someone? And at that, at that particular moment, I wasn't dating anyone. So I was like, uh, no, (laughs) (laughs) you know, and I don't know where he got that from because I don't talk to them about, but yeah, I I think it's a good conversation because I would love to know from you all, like, how did you, when did you tell your daughters and your your children that they, that you were dating? How did you approach that? Because it's kind of a new concept to them, especially, you know, if your kids are on the younger side, like my kids aren't dating. Right. Obviously. Right. They're seven. Um, so like they just have no idea what this even is. They just know they had a mom and a dad that now live in different houses uh, and are not married anymore. So, you know, it's kind of a big concept for them. So how do how do y'all approach that? Like when did you start making it a little more obvious that you were dating? Yeah. I'm trying to think. When I um, – so I don't think I told them until – I I did not introduce them to anyone until my current husband. I, it just didn't feel um, feel kind of appropriate to introduce anyone that would just be in and out of their lives and just someone for them to kind of track. I didn't see any benefit in that. So I, um, but the the knowledge of dating, there was for me there was a point in time where it kind of felt like I didn't want to lie. Uh, and yeah. it, I was dating enough this one person where it an omission of the truth felt like a lie. So I, I started talking about it before the dates 
like just referencing this person that I was spending time with so that they knew when I was not with them that, you know, this is kind of could be something I was up to. Also, I think that my my daughters were would worry about me being lonely. And I think on some level it gave wow. them some reassurance that I wasn't. So, um, so yeah, that, that's how it evolved for me was I didn't really mention it until it was a significant person. And then it was more in the context of um, what do I do when they're not with me? Yeah. What about you, Laura? So my kids did meet my first serious boyfriend post-divorce, but they met him when I was still in kind of that hot mess express part of the divorce process <laughs> where, because he and I met after maybe like I'd been dating for around three months and then he and I met. So I was like, I was still not making the the wisest choices. They met him as a friend. And so they would see him on occasion as like my friend and they would beg me to date him. They're like, oh, are you going to date him? And I'm like, no, we're just friends. They all really liked him. But again, it was this new concept (laughs) of like never having met, you know, a male friend of mine. So it was kind of confusing um, to them, whereas my ex-husband has a lot of female friends. And so I think they were used to that there. But like for me, it was was kind of a different Mm. concept. So eventually I did introduce him as a, a boyfriend and they would see him on occasion and whatever. Um, And it was fine. I mean, in hindsight, I would have changed it. Maybe I mean, I would have changed the time frame of when they met him. But I don't have any regrets about them having met him. We dated for two years. And then I ended it and I waited a little while. And then I told the kids and they were kind of bummed about it. But you know, like they're, you know, kids are also used to like hellos and goodbyes and in their life with Mm -hmm. friends and teachers and things like that. So and I think it was a good way for them to think about me in kind of a different light a little bit. Like, it, mm. again, nothing mm-hmm. – it was, I think, a, overall a good experience for them. They do still ask about him. Broke up well over a year ago, and it's constantly like, oh, are you going to marry blah, blah, blah? I'm like, no, we're not dating. But, like, could you be dating? I'm like – no. Um, so they're, they're definitely more interested in like my dating life because of that, especially my girls. One of my girls is definitely like, oh, who's texting you? Oh, what friend? Like, and she wants to hear if it's a boy oh and like makes assumptions about certain things. So that's funny to watch. Um, but what's interesting is with Christmas, Valentine's Day, and then my birthday recently, I've had like a lot of gifts that are from a friend. And they'll be like, ooh, where did you get this? I'm like, from a friend. And they don't question who that friend is. Anything else, they'll be like, oh, is that your friend? Blah, blah, blah. Like, they'll, like, call to name a certain friend. But for some reason, with all of these things related to my boyfriend currently, they're just like, oh, that's nice. It's from a friend. And they move on. And they don't ask anymore. And I think partly they might kind of suspect. And they're just not ready Mm -hmm. to go there Mm -hmm. or ask. It's been very interesting to watch. But he and I aren't ready to like make any different choices there. So for right now, I don't really talk about my dating life with them other than if they ask questions about people I have dated or if I've dated, like I'll be honest about that. But I definitely don't talk about my current relationship until I understand what's happening there. You know, like you need some time to understand is this person going to be here for a while? And if they are, what does that mean? And then I'll feel more comfortable, I think, figuring out what the next step is. So 100%. Yep. It's funny that you're sensing that they may suspect something and they just aren't ready to solidify that knowledge in their heads. That's so, so kid. You know what I mean? I feel like that's something I could see my daughters doing. You're uh, you're not asking is more 
mm-hmm. obvious than were you to ask. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I have a question for you. This is very off to- – this is off topic. So. <laughs> but you are, I think, the only person that we that has gotten remarried uh, after getting uh-huh. divorced. Like to me, like that's terrifying to think about doing like that. How did you um, – what was that like for you? Were you like hard no and then you're like, oh, wait, never mind? Or like how how was that for you? <laughs> uh, you know, um, and the the concept initially, I remember thinking like uh, right after the divorce, I don't think I'll ever get married again. I, I'll just be one of these people that has maybe long-term relationships and then they just come and go through my life. I'll be free-spirited and all this stuff. Um. So it was kind of unexpected to fun- to meet someone for me that I thought I, I like I don't think I want to let you go. And I he's been divorced before and I I think he had kind of that same feeling of well, you know, we we want this we want to stay together but I don't we don't we don't want it to end. That freaks us out. Mm-hmm. So um yeah, it was. It, it took a little time for me to wrap my head around um, whether I wanted to go there and vice versa. And I think what brought us both to the same place eventually was um, partially a consideration of the girls. Um, he has older kids, so they, you know, they're all past the high school age. Mm-hmm. But it. If we, I was kind of walking through this decision tree of if we have no intention of of being apart, if we want to be together potentially for the rest of our lives, and there's this potential benefit to the girls of feeling like they have a consistent father figure, and I don't have any opposition to it except for kind of wounds from my past, you know, maybe this isn't a bad decision. Maybe this is an mm-hmm. okay decision. Yeah. So that's sort of, I think, what led me to it was... Um, it's there. I did consider the girls a lot was I knew that the idea of a, a dad, a stepdad was something they could wrap their heads around. Um, so, so that weighed in. Um, but also, yeah, I think just the two of us having lots <laughs> ad nauseum relationship defining talks around <laughs> how committed we felt we were. What ifs like I had never with my first husband talked about, well, what if you become terminally ill, and yeah. how are we gonna how 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 are we gonna make that work? What do you expect me to do? Um, would we ever like what if you become paralyzed from the neck down? You know these weird left, yeah. but talking through all these hypothetical yeah. situations, um, and and then just getting to that point where okay, I think those answers are satisfactory for both of us. So so let's, yeah, I guess I get to buy a white outfit again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Do either of you feel like you're entertaining it? Because I didn't, I wasn't looking. I wanted companionship, but I didn't. Yeah. Yeah. I would say when I, yeah, when I first got divorced, I would say I was more just assuming that that's like that first person that my kids met that I was dating. And my head is like, well, this is probably a person that I'm going to end up with, which is a bad idea because you the first person you like date for more than like a few dates is probably not always going to be a good person for you to marry. But like, you don't know that when you're first starting out. (laughs) But so I definitely had a very black and white view of like what I saw for myself. And it was like, I'm going to marry someone or nothing. 
And now I'm starting to learn how to be more flexible with what I would want as far as partnership and what that could mean. The person I'm dating right now Mm. has a child. Um, The whole thing with me is I don't normally date single dads, but I am. And so he's got a child and, you know, I avoided that because it wasn't a really like easy logistical thing. Like if someone else has kids and then that's different and that changes Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. if we could get married and that's what I thought I wanted. And now being more open to can partnership look a lot of different ways. Do we each have our own homes, Mm -hmm. but we integrate our kids in a lot of meaningful family things. But while they're young, we still stay stay separate. Maybe that's what Mm -hmm. it is for me. And it, it took me a long time to really be able to see that and to get away from this idea that it's like marriage or nothing because I want someone living in my house and sharing my bills with me and all of that. But Mm. I can do all Mm -hmm. of that on my own. So I don't need it. What I wanted if it worked out? Absolutely. But I'm not like, that's it for me. And that's all I'll accept. I think finding the right person allows you to understand what what that can look like. And it can look very different depending on who you want to be with. Yeah. 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 I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I think right now I'm in that phase that Kat, you were describing you were in of, I mean, going off my history, I do, uh, I've been working really hard. You know, we mentioned I have like emotional, (laughs) emotional issues or lack of, you know, so I've been working really hard on that over the last couple years. Um, to be able to feel my feelings. I have PTSD, like having nothing to do with my marriage, but having to do with other things. And so it has really impacted my relationships. I mean, Laura and I have actually been talking, I'm dating someone now that like I've had realizations because he is so loving and open and sweet and nice to me. I'm like, wow, I don't think I'm as good at that as he is, mm-hmm. you know, and it's actually been like teaching me to like be more open, be mm-hmm. more emotional, be more affectionate. Um, you know, so I'm kind of like a, you know, foundational kindergarten. I know this is so sad. I'm 43. Um, foundational relationship things that I'm working on. I don't I but yeah, I don't know if I'm going to get married again. I mean, I kind of the more I think about it, like I just I'm in that phase of like I I know that I fall in love and I have deep connections with people and I um monogamy is my thing. Like I I'm not someone that uh, wants to date or be with a bunch of people. I really like the environment of being in a monogamous relationship, a, a monogamous, deep connection, meaningful. That That's kind of my jam, I guess. Um, I don't know that marriage is necessary and kind of – I know for me, I have a, I, I would be worried I would get married and stay too long. Mm. You know, and like mm. I think I've gotten to this attitude building on what Laura said where I am more flexible. Like I've dated some people for just a couple months – it was a deep and meaningful connection. Two months was how long it needed to be. You yeah. know, like I think I've I've gotten to a point now where I don't feel like how long you date or with someone is a marker of the success or the meaning. Mm. Um, and marriage means that I've met someone that I want to be committed. I don't want to get divorced a second time. I really mm. would mm-hmm. like to avoid that if I can. Um, so, you know, I just – I don't know. I, I guess if I meet that person, then – Maybe. I'm staying open, but I really yeah. don't know. I don't have this feeling of I need to get married again. I'm not look I'm not looking for yeah. anything. Yeah. I'm not looking for a partner. I'm just living my life. Um, I like dating, I like, you know, romance and relationships and all that. I enjoy that. But I'm not uh I don't have any sense of I need a life partner. I need to go find that person. Mm. That's not that's not happening for me. But I also know I'm kind of fresh to it, you know. Mm. What's what what all three of us have kind of mentioned, which is which is neat, is 
how the process of dating and and you know divorce really makes you um, have to rethink everything about yourself and yeah. you're kind of like you were saying Heather reparenting yourself learning skills that maybe weren't there in your first relationship learning about what does work for you from a relationship standpoint that might not look like what you expect yeah um, I think I told you this in kind of our pre-interview but how my my husband is no one that I would have said yes to on an app he just is yeah. older than I thought. He has more kids. I didn't, like you were saying, Laura, I didn't think I wanted anyone with any kids. Um, although, you know, when I think about it, at the time of my divorce, I was 35. And my dad, the, the, he always had this phrase when my sister and I were dating in college and whatnot, and would say, you know, if he's not married by 40, there's something wrong with him. So, mm. you know, I got married. Yeah, yeah, it was late 30s and I was looking for people who were 40s and not married. Yeah. Like, you know, I'm like, why? why? <laughs> like, maybe. Yeah, I'm like, maybe this doesn't connect. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah. yeah. I, one thing I will say about um, the, you know, staying open and kind of the surprising lessons and um, I, I don't think I would be co-parenting quite as effectively if it weren't for my current husband, who has a really good co-parenting relationship with his mm. um, ex. And I, I you know, all the feelings about ex, uh, significant others' exes that you have, yeah. they, they, I had to fight them and talk to my therapist about them because I'm like, he talks to her every other day. And how come, why does he need to talk to her every other day? Yeah. And mm -hmm. so all these kind of jealousy, envy, you know, things. But um, I see now that um, they they do it well, and I I wouldn't have thought to have kind of this open lines of communication. I wouldn't have been open to being as friendly with my current ex, uh, current ex, my ex, if I hadn't <laughs> if I hadn't seen it play out. Because like I said, all of my um, all of the examples of divorce that I had seen growing up were embedded in my brain of you you like don't want to talk to the other person, and when if you yeah. have to deal with them, it's um, you throw shade at them and you speak ill of them behind their backs. And I didn't, I didn't want that, but I didn't know how else to do it. So, yeah. so um, it can be a way to uh, grow if you yeah. find someone that does have kids and is kind of working through or has worked through a lot of those issues. I keep thinking about what you're saying about the gift of divorce. I feel like every preconceived notion I had about relationships, friendships even, like Laura and I have talked about this, divorce has impacted every single area of my life. Mm. And it's confronted all these preconceived notions I had about myself, about being a mom, about mm -hmm. parenting, mm -hmm. about society, about relationships, about marriage, like my career, yeah. everything. It, it has challenged everything. And I would say I have shifted my feelings on almost all of it. Sorry, yeah. Laura. I didn't mean to interrupt. Oh, no, you're fine. I was going to say that having dated someone who – had never been married and didn't have kids, did not understand my co-parenting relationship at all, like mm. to a point where it was a huge obstacle because they didn't understand the value of maintaining and growing that relationship, even though I'm angry with him for X, Y, and Z, and we're not married anymore, and there are reasons we're not married anymore. We share these children, and it's important for them that we're on the same page, and that person I was dating just didn't, he didn't get it, um, mm. and that's really hard, and what I'm learning now of dating somebody who also has his own co-parent relationship, like it's a 
nice bonding point mm. for us to understand like we have the same struggles, but we're both putting in all of the work and doing what we need to do and prioritizing that relationship in the right way. And that's been just, I think, really helpful for both of us to like have that commonality. Yeah. And I, I think that's probably if I were to think about my biggest lesson I've learned about post-divorce dating has been uh, everything I thought I knew is wrong. Like just the factor of being open. Like because I – Laura and I switched places at one point because she was very all in on no dads and they need to live close to me. And I was <laughs> dating only dads and they all lived far, like 45 <laughs> minutes or more. Um, you know, and I uh, – you know, Laura inspired me to try something new and I uh, gave someone a chance that had no kids and lived one one mile away from me. We only dated for two months. We are not compatible for a long-term relationship. Hmm. That doesn't mean it wasn't meaningful. Mm-hmm. And we had two months. I call it a whirlwind romance mm-hmm. of like 12-hour dates. Like those things where you're like out to like 2, 3 in the morning. No shenanigans. Like it wasn't like make out stuff. It was mm-hmm. like we were literally just having fun hanging out for that long, talking all day, you know, seeing each other. Um, I think things like to me, if I wouldn't have been open to different things, I would have never had that experience. And while he is not – like just thinking in that box that if it's not marriage, it's not real. Yeah. yeah. It's not true. It's right. not true. You yeah. know, like you can have little whirlwinds or you can be with someone never married. That, and like that whole preconceived notion we have about how we're supposed to act, how we're supposed to live, I have learned is really just like an iota of the possibilities out there. Mm. I love that. It, it's, it, it is so true that, especially if you haven't been married before, I think there's this societal expectation or this um, lesson that we've all learned that if, if it's a romantic relationship and it's meant to last and it's meaningful and the most important relationship you'll ever have, you're going to be married to that person. And yeah. it should look a certain way. You should date a certain amount of time, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but yeah, that's so great. And, and I think in a way, divorce you've we've already done that so yeah. without divorce i wonder if we would have had those same lessons you know I what i mean so. i don't think so either i really I think, don't think so yeah like we can, we've kind of lived through the truth of um you can have a love story that ends in its current you know manifestation or form and it evolves into something else and then have another love story that yeah like we we know that love stories kind of have endings in a way. Yeah. Um, and I think we're, we're raised to think that, oh, true love stories, you know, never have endings. And I, I, I kind of get that on an emotional level, but then on a, I don't know. It, it, I, I just guess I'm trying to say that I get what you're saying. I hear yeah. you. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it makes me think too, I, like if I were to, because I've been dating long enough, you know, disaster zone, medium disaster zone, and then being kind of okay. Um, <laughs> I'm getting there. Um, you know, I, if I were to look back, I feel like relationships for me have fallen into two buckets. Confrontational, i.e., you know, we were, maybe shouldn't be together, but like it, but it taught me a lot. And I don't mean confrontational, like fighting all the time. I mean, it confronted me with things I needed to deal with. And a lot of times I meant, oh, I'm not going to choose you. You're not good for me, you know, or it made me confront things about myself mm. for what, cause like I was the problem. Um, they're either confrontational or, uh, healing. Like to mm. me, most of them have fallen into one of those two buckets. Someone that like felt like a safe place to land 
um, whether it lasted or didn't. But for me, for the most part, there that's what it's been. It's been maybe one that was more confrontational and confronted me with areas I need to evolve or with something that just felt like first aid a little bit for a heart that was kind of bruised. <laughs> mm, mm. I don't know. I think you need both. Okay, everyone, we're actually going to break here, and then we have a lot to chat about when it comes to the greatest challenges we face as moms and what we wish we had known when we were our daughter's age. That's next. Stay tuned for part three of these great insights that Kat is so graciously sharing with us today. Still thirsty? Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and all your favorite podcasting platforms, because sometimes life leaves you wanting just a little bit more.